the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, in a few moments, we'll catch up with John Schlafly, my old friend John Schlafly, and uh, the Schlafly Report, the weekly column that he and his brother put together. It's been a while since I talked to him on the radio. I'm looking forward to catching up with John, and uh, you will too. His column this week is about some of the never-Trumpers that are dropping out of the elections uh, coming up this year. We'll also talk with Bridget Van Means. Bridget Van Means is the dynamic... Amazing, talented head of Thrive. ThriveStLouis.org is the website organization that helps uh, at-risk women um, and gets some help so they won't have abortion. We'll talk with her about the hardest question I know right now, which is what do you do when you realize that Planned Parenthood has shifted uh, all of their resources from doing abortion in clinics to mail-order abortions? Mailing chemical abortion to your home. That's what they're shifting to. We'll talk with Bridget Van Means about that. So I hope you'll um, uh, catch up on those and stay with us in the program and the podcast. Uh, by the way, if you'd like to, if you want to catch up on any of these interviews, or I mentioned it and you can't stay around to listen to the whole thing, go to ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com, and sign up there for the daily email. But also you can listen to these segments there. And get the podcast, the Pro-America Report, anywhere you get your podcasts. They're available. Search for it. Uh, Pro-America Report and Ed Martin. You'll find them all. Okay. What you need to know, of course, we open up the show with the wink. What you need to know, and if you go sign up at ProAmericaReport.com every morning at 8 a.m. East Coast, 5 a.m. Pacific, I'll send you an email uh, and the wink, the daily wink, which will give you some insights, some key links, uh, some um, some assignments, things to look at. And otherwise, kind of focus your attention on what I think is the most important. Today, and of course, this segment here, we open up. It's called The Wink, The Daily Wink, on this program. What is it? Well, the drums of war. Is that the sound you hear? The drums of war? Because more and more people are talking about how America and our nation must stand up for NATO and stand up, by extension, For the Ukraine, not a NATO member, uh, no matter what happens with Russia. Now, let's pause for a moment and say to ourselves, um, the drums of war. When is the last time that we saw Russia decide that they wanted to get back some of their old old territory, whether you agree with them or not? Oh, that was under Obama, Biden under. You know what happened under under, uh, um, Donald Trump? Trump said to the Ukraine, here's a bunch of weapons. And Trump said to Putin, don't try to do uh, the Nordstrom 2, the pipeline. We don't want you to get that much power over Europe. And otherwise, what happened was Putin thought, huh, he may be unpredictable, but that's a strong dude, that Trump. Whereas with Biden in office, during his press conference a couple days ago, Joe Biden said, um, we're not sure what we'll do if um, if uh, Putin um, uh, invades uh, into uh, the Ukraine. It will depend whether it's a full invasion or just an incursion. Meanwhile, over in Kiev and in the Ukraine, broadly, everyone went, what did he just say? If Putin 
incursions into uh, Ukraine. He won't. We, no one will do anything. Here's the point. They smell weakness. They smell confusion. All of Europe does. All of uh, the, all the world. And what they see and hear from Joe Biden is weakness. And here's the danger. Now Joe Biden is getting put in a position where if Vladimir Putin and Russia does something, what will happen? Well, the drums of war will be being pounded by all the people who think it's a great idea that we are what? Spreading democracy, defending democracy, uh, you know, uh, uh, moving America's way of life all over the world. I don't know about you. We did this once in Iraq. We did this twice in Afghanistan. We've done it too often throughout the world. While I wish the world would have a system of Judeo-Christian values and a constitution like ours, I do wish that for them. I cannot, in good faith, argue that we should put our time, our treasure, and certainly not our people in harm's way in this context. But what Joe Biden's, uh, uh, Joe Biden's, um, uh, dumb statements. Talk about the drums of war. Just call it the dumbs of war. The dumb of war. Because Joe Biden has put himself in a position that he will look so weak if he doesn't strike back if something happens that we've now put ourselves in a position where our president, our commander in chief, has a political slash personal slash, I don't know what, institutional investment in, in, in striking back in a situation where something happens. It's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea, terrible uh, positioning of our nation that's been done by Biden's mess up. And by the way, his whole staff, everybody concedes it was a mess up. The State Department concedes it. Uh, his his um, his own press secretary came out with a statement, you know, kind of 30, uh, 24 hours later, less than that, clarifying. Uh, we didn't mean incursion, all that stuff. But the facts are these. Again, the drums of war are not pounded only by, say, Biden or the neocons. There's a whole set of people and institutions that make lots of money and have lots of influence by war, including, by the way, the media. The media has an investment work. You know, if it bleeds, it leads is the old joke. And that was about like, a, you know, the front line, the front page of a paper. You could have something, you know, dramatic uh, murder or something as people will captivate them. But war and the threat of war is, is, good, is good for media. The, the, the defense industrial complex, hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars spent on, on planes, uh, bombs, and uh, missiles, and everything else in between, benefits from that. And if you're Joe Biden and the Democrats, you want to change the subject. you got to change the subject off of inflation, the economy tanking, everything falling to pieces, the COVID, everything else. It is a bad time if you like peace. Because we have a weak leader in the White House and we have a party, the Democrats, in power that are desperate to change the equation. They're desperate to change the trend line. They're desperate to change how people are perceiving what's happening. Now, the good news is I believe the American people, especially after the debacle of the Afghanistan withdrawal, I believe the American people are not going to fall for the drums of war. They're not going to be hypnotized by the drums of war. The, the pounding of the drums of war is not going to work on the American people. I don't think. I don't think that they'll tolerate it this time. But I wouldn't put, it, uh, I wouldn't put the odds uh, at uh, a sure thing. And the, the largest reason is because the power of big tech and the media, uh, big media, big tech, and big government to drive the narrative, to the narr- I call it the narrative machine, 
and to tell us that we have to, for some reason, I don't know what it is, send our treasure and our weapons and our people half a world away to defend the Ukraine or an incursion. We have to do that. That's what we're being told. That's what we're being told. It's part of somehow standing up. Russia, the fact that they have thousands of nuclear bombs makes them a world power. But Russia is not our enemy the same way it was. It just isn't it just isn't true. After the Soviet Union fell, the communist regime fell. And whatever you think about any aspect of the Russian economy, society, if you want to make an argument about corruption. I remember talking to a Russian friend of mine and I said, how, how are things in Moscow? And he said, we have a problem at the highest level of some of our politicians are corrupt. And he paused and he said, kind of like here in America. And we were in, we were walking in Washington, D.C., my point is, judge what you want, judge who you will, think you understand what's going on. But if you think you know what is happening in Russia and the Ukraine from our media, you, they've been lying to us for five years. They're probably lying to us for 50 years, but they've been obviously lying to us for five years. So beware of the drums of war that are supposed to somehow make it, what, more peaceful, more civilized in the world? If we just let this president stumble his way into a war or into a what? Uh, ultimately, I don't. Uh, I don't think he'll do it because I think he's too. Uh, he's too incompetent, to be honest. Just like Obama was. Obama said, "Oh, you can't do that to Crimea," and uh, they just did it. But I think we should worry about it. I think we should worry about it in a way that we didn't worry about it before, because I think that this uh, president doesn't quite know what he's doing. Uh, a little, even a little different than Obama. Obama wanted a, you know, wanted to. Um, well, he wanted a second term in his first term, and he didn't necessarily want a war because uh, I think he knew it would be bad for him. But I don't know about this president. He seems uneven at the best. Uh, his performance at his press conference was obvious. So that's what you need to know. Watch for the drums of war. Don't fall for the hypnotizing drums of war. Listen closer and fight your way to the truth. Because the truth is, make an argument, as John Schlafly uh, wrote in one of his recent columns. Don't tell me to worry about the Muslim Uyghurs in China only. I care about them. That's fine. They're, they're, it's a holocaust on them. But what I really care about is the communist Chinese regime is hurting Americans. It's Americans first. So someone show me in the drums of war regarding Russia how it affects the American people. Because I'm putting America first. Not Ukraine first or Russia first. That's the order of things. All right, we got to run. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report. Talk to you in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report, and it's great to be back on for many reasons. One of them is to catch up with John Schlafly. John Schlafly, of course, writes the weekly column, the Schlafly Report, which is uh, over on our sister site uh, and available there. And John and Andy Schlafly, that one half of the uh, dynamic duo uh, there uh, who writes this. This week's column, Never Trumpers ed Exit Stage Left. Never Trumpers exit stage left. So first of all, welcome, John. Welcome back. How are you? I'm good, Ed. Thank you. Good to so, talk to you. Again. Well, I, I, and I want to, before we get to this, I want to, in the middle of the column, you mentioned the Republican, uh, excuse me, the Trump rally in Arizona. Now, back in the day, you were a, a, a devoted uh, a Trump rally watcher. I think maybe maybe with the height of it, it peaked around the 2016 election. But but still, I, I could often ask you uh, what what happened, who was there, what was the deal? And I'm not sure that you watch as it's not as easy to watch anymore. They don't put them on the TV as much. You have to kind of track him down. Did you see the Arizona rally? 
Yes, I did watch it. I had to watch it on a delayed basis. And uh, you're certainly right. It's not getting the uh, coverage because I think right side news has, has been deplatformed. Um, and uh, but still, it was a tremendous event with tens of seemingly like tens of thousands of people, although, as usual, the as Trump has mentioned before, the TV cameras do not show the size of the crowd. Right. But it was a raucous crowd. Trump was in good form. And um, of course, everything is shaping up this year, Ed, for a big year for Republicans in general. And I think Trump in particular, because his endorsed candidates are, um, are, are winning. And the people who try to shove him off the stage are themselves being shoved off the stage. So well, I, well yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get to that, but I want to pause and say one of the great uh, icons, uh, w- women icons, woman icons of the last uh, 50 years, 60 years was your mother, of course, late Phyllis Schlafly. But another one in the last 25 fearless into the breach is Ann Coulter, who knew your mother well, too. And Coulter has just moved on off of Trump. She won't stop. I don't know if you see her on Twitter, but she just rails against Trump and all. And I guess what I want to say is she's being also used now by the anti-Trump uh, wing of the media and everything else to say, see, we got to move past Trump. Are you feeling that in any way, um, any substantial way, John? More, I mean, than just uh, one thing about Ann Coulter, she gets a lot of attention, sells a lot of books. It's part of her it's part of her personality. Are you feeling that, though? Are you getting people that are saying, oh, I love the guy's positions, but let's not do this again? No, I really don't think so. And one reason is there really is no alternative to Trump. Um, You know, we most most conservatives like Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, but he's not ready, I think, mm-hmm. to think about the presidency. He's got to have another term as governor, and then we'll look at him again. But uh, And there's no one else, really. So uh, I think uh, Ann Coulter, uh, for, well, you know, I love Ann Coulter. I always have. But uh, And she's, I think, was disappointed that in Trump's four years, he didn't get done. Uh, all that he promised, but he also faced headwinds that no other president has faced. And I think we have to give him a little bit of slack for that. And uh, I think think only Trump can, you know, in a second term can fix what went wrong in the first term. I don't see any other candidate doing that. People Uh, who say move on, well, that means is they'll never fix what went wrong in Trump's first term. And that's got to be done. Yeah. And so let me ask you about that, John. Um, I have a secret fear that I'll now voice to our millions of listeners and to you. Um, and that secret fear is this. Um, the move on from Trump movement, which I think will pick up steam and there'll be lots of angles to that, is actually um, primarily the establishment of both parties, of all parties, of the sort of unigovernment saying, hey, we're not going to do this again. We're, we, we would even tolerate a, uh, you know, a president, uh, uh, Ted Cruz. We, we might even tolerate, a, you know, a president, Josh Hawley. We're not going to do that again. And when you see what's ramping up, you know, talk about choice, not an echo. The, the famous phrase that your mother used as a famous book, um, you know, are we in danger, for example, of getting both houses of the U.S. Congress next year and both of them being, you know, hardly choices and truly echoes of the last 30 or 40 years of America last and not America first. I, do you feel that? Are you worried about that? I, I am. I am worried about that. And uh, and just a couple of, you know, 
things in foreign policy that are picking up steam. I mean, the idea that, you know, we're going to confront Russia over Ukraine, you know, Trump wouldn't do that. And we can't allow the Republicans to do that. And likewise, the pretense that the whole issue that we face with China has to do with the Uyghurs. No, no, it's not the Uyghurs. Uh, it's what the Chinese are doing to Americans that we care about, not the Uyghurs. Right. And uh, so those are two things that I'm concerned about. And we need Trump, you know, speaking every day to uh, continue to remind people why he was elected and to basically be the leader of the Congress that we expect will be elected in November. Uh, now, let's uh, let's go, John. I don't want to lose it. Uh, the column, John's column this week at Timely One, Never Trumpers Exit Stage Left, um, John and Andy Schlafly. Uh, and John, um, I was a little surprised. I mean, I, I, here's the thing. When Republicans quit, when they're about to get power in the House, you shake your head because they actually like to get if you say this John Katko of New York, Republican, he decides not to run. Had he stayed in, he ends up being so senior in the Republican Party because he's been around forever that he gets a really good, you know, interesting job. I, I understand why the Democrats are quitting. People think the Democrats are quitting because they might lose. They're not, they're not quitting because they might lose Democrat members of Congress. They're all gerrymandered. They're quitting because right now they're chairman of a committee. And the last thing they want to do is go back to being, you know, the, the minority ranking member and have to ask permission to go to the restroom. So but, John, you, why are some of these Republicans like uh, Catco quitting? Uh, well, I, you know, I'd like to give Trump credit for that. Uh, I, of course, I don't know all the details uh, about Catco. He represents a moderate district in New York State. Uh, but I do think that even in New York State, or maybe even especially in New York State, the Republicans who are in the minority, they supported Trump. And uh, they were not happy. The Republican county chairman, in Syracuse, which is where Catco is from, spoke out against Catco, said, huh. no, that's you do not represent the Republicans in this district. And uh, so it's somewhat similar to what's happened in Liz Cheney in Wyoming. And uh, even though Republicans are in the minority in New York state, uh, the Republicans representatives are expected to represent their constituents and Catco did not. So, yeah. I, um, I, uh, we're talking with John Schlafly. Of course, he writes the Schlafly Report uh, uh, up over at uh, phyllisschlafly.com. They're all archived there. Uh, John, um, segueing out to the 2022 election, um, the news this week was that President Biden said he doesn't trust the election in 2022 to be legitimate. Uh, 2020 was perfect, uh, but 2022, he doesn't think it'll be legitimate for uh, it, it was mumbling why. Um, do you think, John, that 2022's elections um, are, are are we I mean, are they in danger? I mean, Joe Biden said so. I mean, I, I we got no, no better authority than that. Well, uh, you know, the election process is convoluted. I'm not sure how much we'll be able to make of Biden's uh, goofy press conference yesterday. Uh, but what he said was, in effect, that if Congress, if the Senate does not break the filibuster and pass this complete rewrite of our election laws that the, we can't trust our elections. Now, by now, that's was a shocking statement, an outrageous statement. But uh, I think when it comes down to we still face the question that the election process has to be transparent to the American people. 
And we can't have people voting outside of the polling place and then mailing it in. You know, that whole process that happened once in 2020, we can't let that happen again. And uh, so that's what we need in order to ensure that the public will uh, respect uh, the election process. You know, what Biden, I think, is really worried about, Ed, is that his base won't show up in this November. Right. And he's trying to whip up a frenzy and a fury to uh, get, you know, basically to get people to turn out. And I think it's clear that people are not going to turn out. And that's, you know, yeah. uh, uh, if, if, if they don't turn out, Republicans will win. Uh, we're talking with John Schlafly. John, one last question on this on the 2022 election. Um, the wild card to me is the power, and we, you and I were talking off the air, of uh, big tech and big media to shape and silence the voices, right? Uh, in other words, t- by 2022, if we have two or three months beforehand of whatever the, you know, the, the narrative machine decides, I mean, we've watched it with the Russia hoax. We watched it with uh, uh, January 6th, uh, the Charlottesville hoax. Um, you know, we're, we're watching, it's, it, it, you know, can you, can we, and, and even the president, former president of the United States, Joe, uh, Donald Trump, who gets tens of thousands of people to attend and hundreds of thousands of people wanting to listen to him and they keep him off of the platforms, uh, John, I mean, you know, back in the day, the late Phyllis Schlafly, your mother, she published a book, Choice Not an Echo, circling back to it. Almost over three million copies were bought and, and, and transmitted during the election cycle of 64. There were ways around big uh, uh, the powerful media back in the day. Is there a way around what what will be coming? And, and if they frame 2022 as what I you know, is it uh, about sort of Kevin McCarthy's corruption or or uh, Trump's something? Can we beat the narrative machine? Well, there has to be a channel channel of communications to mobilize uh, support. There is no doubt about that. I mean, in the 1960s, it was the cheap paperback, as you say. In the 1990s, it was talk radio. Now, we need something new now. And Trump, uh, from what we hear, is building a new platform. You know, we've waited and waited and waited, and yeah. we don't have it yet. But it's that has got to happen. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's a worry. And I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but um, if it were easy um, to build a platform, it would have been done. I mean, anybody can do it, I guess it's Trump. All right. John Schlafly, as always, thank you again. The column is uh, available, uh, archived over com. Never Trumpers as exit stage left. Check it out over there. Thanks, John. Uh, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. And I'm so grateful and so glad to catch up with my old friend, Bridget Van Means, who is over at Thrive St. Louis. If you go to thrivestlouis.org, you'll see everything they're doing, incredible amounts. And uh, I was on the website earlier today checking it out. I mean, it's uh, it's inspiring to see it. I, I, love, the, I love to see the Thrive, the Thrive Mobile that's out there, among others. There's a couple of them. But um, Bridget, welcome back. How are you? 
I'm wonderful. I, you are my dear friend. I just have to correct you a little bit. I'm your very, very young old friend, Bridget. <laughs> there you go. Me. That's what right. I should have said we've known each other a long time, but nobody's old. There you go. Nobody's old. Since nobody's infancy. Old. Yeah, you know, exactly. My my son, my 12-year-old son, did. he, he went to the, the, the weight room the other day at school, came home that day and said he was sore from doing whatever. And the next day I said, how are you feeling? He said, what are you talking about? And I said, you're not sore anymore? He said, no. And I said, gosh, to be 12 again where, I mean, I'm sore just thinking about being sore. So anyway, that, <laughs> yeah. enough, enough, enough on that. Uh, hey, Bridget, before we get into ev everything on this, let me ask you, I was talking the other day to a great pro-life volunteer and she, mm. ex she expressed great fear. And that was the word she used about mm. how Planned Parenthood was adjusting their business model to, mm -hmm, to, mail, mm -hmm. to mail abortion drugs yes. to kids. How, is that how real is this threat? So, yeah, that's a great question. I hope we share that volunteer because whoever that is, is very brilliant. Uh -huh. And she's hearing from strategy and she's hearing from the Lord as well. So it's, it's funny that you use those words because it's exactly what I've said. The first time that I've actually felt some fear, woken up in the middle of the night going, uh-oh, is as we saw Planned Parenthood. Um, and even the FDA circling around these at-home abortion kits and recently approved those. So she's right uh, to have the fear just as long as it drives us to our sources. We know that God has an answer right. for every wicked thing. And then we happen to know here in Missouri, and certainly you being one of the premier trophies of this, we have great strategists and great thinkers here with boots on the ground who face every problem head on and are looking at it and coming up with strategy. So specifically Thrive has announced, um, and I guess we're, we need to come out of, you know, we need to come out of the closet a little bit here, out of the shadows. Right. Um, we have announced our national strategy for the telehealth model. So we are now going to be taking all of the evidence-based success that we have in our brick and mortar locations. And you also, of course, mentioned our mobile units. We have the largest fleet in the country. We have, I think we have about eight of them um, at this point. And we're going to take those on the road with a DoorDash kind of concept, right? Where we're mm -hmm. delivering services directly to the home more rapidly than Planned Parenthood will. Wow. And then we also have, uh, we're building our telehealth platform. And so we'll be able to engage with the girls at home. Now, here's what you'll love about this. We've been at this plan for a couple of years. We knew what was coming. So we're poised and in position. Uh, we've raised enough money to at least get going in it. We expect to be formally launching our telehealth model on February 1st. Wow. So how about that for some yeah. good news? And you're, you're breaking yeah. that news uh, yeah, to the yeah. pro-life world. Well, that's great news. And I think that that's, um, as you say, um, fear can motivate, right? If we let fear, if we let fear freeze us, then, you know, fear becomes the winner and we don't get to the problem. So that's, uh, that's, that's very exciting. Well, I look forward to helping uh, promote that. Uh, now back to um, a different question. And I, we're with Bridget Van Means uh, who runs Thrive uh, St. Louis. And um, again, it's Thrive org, the website important you go there um what about the question i know i know you don't feel it certainly you don't i know your volunteers don't but there is a certain part of the of the pro-life movement that will tend to see something happening like ah there's a big supreme court mm -hmm. case next june and we we mm -hmm. all have a tendency to say 
we'll we'll wait and see what happens with that. And and I'm not describing. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying people are complacent. I'm saying there's a human part of us that wants to sometimes wait and see and 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 it's easier mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. bit do you are you concerned mm-hmm. that the the that that's with the with the prospect of good court cases sometimes we're putting our our uh, hope in something that's only uh, only helpful in the law which is a big deal but it's not helpful mm-hmm, in the heart mm-hmm. of the women yeah so we're in the show me state we're in missouri and you're a big part of the missouri miracle on october 21st 2019 Missouri became the first abortion-free state in the country with no operating abortion clinics. Uh, Not only was that momentous, but that was momentous because we told the world we were going to do it. You helped me tell the world Missouri will be the first abortion-free state. So we already know that we've caught the heart and the hand of God in a unique way here in Missouri. And now he's asking you and I and those like us to spread our plan across the country. Um, So we know that we have victory under our belt and it is very important to understand. I, there are probably many things and actually I know I'm preaching to the choir, Ed, you're letting me sound smart (laughs) because I know you've thought a lot about this, but there are two things that come to mind right away. Um, Let's say Roe v. Wade is overturned and it goes to the States. Okay. So we know that we have States that are incredibly hostile to women and their unborn children, and they're not going anywhere they're going to be fighting tooth and nail. We have brilliant states like Missouri who already have um, law in place so that the minute Roe v. Wade is overturned, our laws activate. So we need to teach other states to do that as well. But here's the biggest thing. Do we think that crisis pregnancy is going away because the law changes? In fact, quite the opposite. We'll have a million extra women a year who are desperate who now feel that an important solution has been taken away from them. And we're going to have to be that much more skillful and that much more resourced to reach these women. Do we think that illegal abortion will somehow go away? No, illegal abortions will then become available. And then the other thing that we have to think is, do we think that when Roe v. Wade passes, suddenly these uh, bloodthirsty, blood-hungry politicians are going to just go home happily and and go to sleep? Do we think Planned Parenthood, a $1.3 billion organization, is just going to go home and go, oh, well, you guys won in court. Okay, we're we're just going to go home and we're going to play nice. I mean, you and I both know that we're going to incite the dragon Mm-hmm. In the moment of that victory, and I, I actually think Ed, I think our battle is going to be four times as as important. And I don't want to say hard, but four times as aggressive. If we're going to hold that position redemptively, so that we're responding to these women who will need us so much more, even. Uh, but what about the war that's going to be inflamed? Do you agree with that? I do. No, I do. I agree completely. And I think uh, one of the things that uh, you point out is um, in when people think you're going to have a victory, um, if you're smart in politics and lots of things in, in, in military history, it, it's an opportunity sometimes for attack. In other words, as you point out, uh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised right now if Planned Parenthood is saying to themselves, well, no matter what we get uh, in uh, in the federal courts, we're going into these states and watch what we'll do. Yes. And this is what I want to mm-hmm. shift to, Bridget, is this question. Yeah, because they're, they're mm-hmm. brilliant. They're brilliant about the cancel culture, right? They, they really they, are. They, the yes. Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. will make it costly mm-hmm. for 
you know, Georgia to have a a uh, a law that's pro-life mm-hmm. or Missouri. And they'll say mm-hmm. businesses will yes. come there and some of them won't. Of course, some of the businesses won't because they're they're mm-hmm. uh, they're they're fearful and they're misguided and all. Um, but what is the? That's what I want to ask you, Bridget, because your strength is um, in my mind is that you took the truth and you took a Matthew five fifteen thing and said, I'm not, I know my truth. I'm not putting it under a bushel basket. I'm hanging it right here. Everyone mm-hmm. can see it, but I'm going to communicate mm-hmm. it in a way with a smile, with style, with class, with joy. And, mm-hmm. one, Thank the, you. and, and the, but the problem I see is the, the big tech and the big media are able to change how people think what they believe about things. So we have young people that more and more, they see an ultrasound and they say, wow, Mm -hmm. a 3d ultrasound. I recognize that that's not tissue. That's something different. And Mm -hmm. yet now we have the Mm -hmm. power of big tech and big media that will change the minds and control the narrative. How do we, how do you, I mean, I know we trust in the Mm -hmm. Lord and it'll cut through, but how do we, Mm -hmm. how do we get past the that that problem of the control mm-hmm. of these anti-life forces mm-hmm. well you you know me so on the one hand of course you know what i'm gonna say and that is <laughs> that we have right on our side right. we have god on our side evil evil throughout history has had a beginning and an end no matter how formidable i'm you know think about the nazis cancel culture right 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 so the evil has a beginning and an end we have to know that it might sound altruistic it might sound a little ethereal but it really starts there right truth will always exalt itself it's the nature of creation uh because we have we serve a just god He's patient. He gives people time, but eventually he will enforce his hand. But let's be skillful. And I know you and I fiercely agree around the essentiality. I don't even know if that's the word. My team will Google it. Yeah. <laughs> the essential nature of having a pro woman message. That's right. Yeah. The way Roe v. Wade was passed and the way the needle got moved towards abortion was screaming about the well-being of the woman. It was deceptive. It was a lie. So now let's speak the truth about the well-being of the woman. Let's put the oxygen mask on the woman first, right? Right. You know, I love that analogy on a plane. And let's make sure that our language is weaponized so that when someone is promoting abortion, they're actually being weaponized into promoting the hurt and the injury of women and also, let's talk about authentic choice. Is that a term that, that we can really amplify this idea of, of authentic choice? Let's have a conversation about authentic choice. Well, what does that mean? Well, you're calling yourself pro-choice, but why do 95% of the women who have an abortion articulate that they felt they never had a choice? Give us the opportunity to give these women a choice. And then let's also prosecute how injurious abortion is. We have the facts under our belt. We just have to be confident with it. Will yeah. that be enough? No, but all God needs is our loaves and our fishes. And, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm always going to go back to yeah. that soapbox. Right. It's God, it's God, it's God. But yes, we have to get in the game. Phyllis Schlafly taught us more than anybody, probably in pro-life history, the power of being skilled, of being intelligent, right? Of yep. making your case. She she turned the tide for the Republican Party because she was skilled, she was forceful, she was beautiful, she was poised, she was confident. 
but she also knew what message to bring to that group. And that is going to be the most important thing is how we brand our message and how we communicate it. We must always lead with the woman first and we must demand the conversation about authentic choice. Well, uh, you're, it's, uh, first of all, it gets me uh, happy to talk to you because um, uh, when I hear you talk about Thrive and the work you're doing, I think, okay, we got the right people in this uh, fight. So thank you for that. And as you say, we have to be faithful first, right? We have to be faithful first and then uh, be smart uh, because of that too. So Bridget Van Means, thank you again. The website is thrivestlouis.org, Thrive, S-T-L, excuse me, stlouis.org. I'll put it up on social media. Thanks for your time as always, Bridget. God bless you. God bless you. We love you, Ed. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, we'll talk soon. I'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. The parents of a 12-year-old girl named Caitlin wanted her to play on an all-boys basketball team in Ridgewood, New Jersey. In 2004, Caitlin's parents signed her up for Biddy Basketball, a nonprofit recreational league that holds practices and games in a public school gymnasium. Biddy Basketball has separate boys and girls teams, but Caitlin's parents kept trying to get her on the boys' team. The league declined to honor their request. A school official contacted several offices for civil rights and found that there was nothing discriminatory about separate teams, even though the height of the basket and the size of the ball were somewhat different. This is allowed under Title IX because in many sports, such as lacrosse, it is standard for women and men to use equipment that differs significantly in size and shape. In addition, basketball is considered a contact sport, which means that separate teams are legal. Abruptly and without warning, the chief of the Bureau of Enforcement at the New Jersey Department of Civil Rights told the school board to terminate its relationship with Biddy Basketball and stop them from using the Board of Education's facilities unless the board forced Biddy Basketball to allow Caitlin to play on the boys' team. Biddy Basketball held firm in its position. Now, Biddy Basketball is a private organization and should not be subject to Title IX. Biddy's response also recognized the inherent differences between boys and girls, noting that boys play basketball aggressively while the girls play with finesse. But pressures against Biddy continued until it was forced to permit Caitlin to play on the boys' team. Meanwhile, the New Jersey court held that the school did not discriminate when it merely allowed the use of its gymnasium for Biddy basketball, and that's not a sufficient basis for suing the school over the separation of girls and boys basketball. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the best way to rekindle the spirit of Phyllis Schlafly and the grassroots movement she energized? In this digital age, patriots and pro-family Americans can find insight and inspiration on our website, phyllisschlafly.com. Then, share your own heart and mind on social media. So join us at phyllisschlafly.com and every weekday for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Hey, um, I got just another minute and a half or so to finish up. Uh, so uh, thank you, first of all, to Noah Dingley. He was correcting me. He's a great producer. He also, while I was away for a better part of a month, he was doing a lot of the fill-in work. I know Andrea Kay got a lot of credit, but Noah Dingley did a ton of it. He's a great man and a great help, great colleague. Thank you also to Joanna Spilger uh, out of our St. Louis uh, headquarters, who does a lot of our booking of our great guests. Uh, we have some really good guests the last week or so. Selena Zito interview a couple days ago solves the problem of um, of uh, at the very end of the interview, Pompeo losing, uh, I don't know, 100 pounds in six months, uh, and she interviewed him about it. Uh, you want to hear the answer to the question because some of the tabloids have said, oh no, he must have had surgery, he must have had cancer or something like that, and she solved that problem for us there, so that was pretty cool. Uh, Alright, today, finishing the what you need to do, what you need to do, I, I want to ask you to go to phyllisschlafly.com phyllisschlafly.com there. You'll see the Schlafly Report, John Schlafly's column with his brother Andy, but also you'll see the archives. And in the archives, if you do a search of the Phyllis Schlafly Report, uh, Phyllis Schlafly wrote her report for almost 50 years, um, just do a search for America First and America Last, both those phrases, and you'll see that she wrote about that. She used that phrase, I don't know, 40 years ago? No, 35 years ago? America first and America last, talking about the New World Order and George H.W. Bush and some of the others that were plotting these internationalist, globalist efforts. America first, and also I like the phrase America last. The America lasters, as opposed to the America first folks. The America that lasters, it's a good one. We're gonna, I'm going to use it more. So check that out. Go to phyllisschlafly.com. And peruse around there. Read Phyllis Schlafly and her great writings. All right, I got to run. Thanks again, everybody. Ed Martin, Pro America Report. Talk to you tomorrow. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.